Hello and welcome to part two of The Invisible Goddess with Melody from Heaving Bosoms, episode 497. We're closing in on 500, y'all. It is part two of our recap of The Invisible Goddess by A.C. Dawn, which retells the myth of Hestia with some non-corporeal boning. We're very excited. Did you read it? Did you like it? Did you pause? Did you go read it between episodes? I'm super curious what you thought of this book. Part two is us, well, finishing and discussing what happens in this very short but very good novella. Before we get started, I have two things to tell you about. First, I have a new podcast in addition to this one. Do not worry. I am co-hosting Love Struck Daily with Alicia Rye. Love Struck Daily is a new podcast from iHeartRadio produced by Frolic Media that delivers a true love story and those HEA feels every weekday. In fact, I have a trailer. Hi, I'm Sarah Wendell. And I'm Alicia Rye. Introducing iHeart's new romance podcast, Love Struck Daily. Every day, we deliver a new love story straight to your headphones. Real life love stories, 100% guaranteed to bring all the feels. A little bit of danger, a little bit of sexy, and a lot of heart. And for goodness sakes, just kiss already. Listen to Love Struck Daily wherever you get your podcasts. I'm in love with you. I will have links in the show notes, of course, where you can find Love Struck Daily. But if you search Love Struck Daily in whatever fabulous app you are using right now to listen to this show, you'll find it. I would be absolutely delighted if you subscribed. Second, this is very cool. In the comments to episode part one, 496, Glauk commented about a book called Goddesses in Every Woman by Jean Shinoda Bolin, which is about goddess archetypes and Jungian archetypes in well, every woman. And then Valencia also commented that they had read it too. And apparently this book was a phenomenon. Y'all, Hoopla had the audiobook and I am really enjoying it while I'm finishing a quilt. I want to make sure you know that this book was published in 1984. So the gender essentialist language is straight out of 1984, but it is so interesting. So thank you to Glauk and Valencia for telling me about this book. I am really enjoying this retro weird mashup of mythology and Jungian psychology. I also want to thank Crafty Gemini on YouTube, whose tutorial for hand finishing a quilt is fabulous. I will link to their channel in case you need crafty tutorials as well. And thank you as always to our Patreon community. Hi y'all. If you have supported the show, you help me keep going each and every week and making sure that every episode has a transcript. I have a compliment this week too <laughs> to Maureen G. You are 1000% more fun than bubble wrap, a ball pit, and that super slippery slide in the park. And in fact, just like the very best playground, people love to visit and hang out with you because you're terrific. If you would like a compliment or you'd like to have a look at our Patreon community, go to patreon.com slash smartbitches. This episode is brought to you in part by Osea. You made it through 2021. Finally, you might be feeling a little burned out or like you need a fresh start and some time to focus on yourself. Osea has been making products that are vegan and safe for your skin and the planet for over 25 years. When it comes to beauty, Osea is a pioneer. Their body oil has been a celebrity favorite for years and I love it. Now, you might be thinking, body oil. If you've been using body lotion, you might be a little wary, but let me tell you, I love this stuff so much. I am so excited to use it. It soaks in easily. It is never greasy. And I like it so much, I gave away a gift set as part of Hanukkah this past year. New year, new you. Start fresh with clean vegan skincare and body care from our friends at Osea. Get 10% off your entire first order with promo code Sarah at at oseamalibu.com. You get free samples with every order and orders over $50 get free shipping. Now is the time to make small changes that can have a big impact on your day-to-day. -day. Head to oseamalibu.com and find your new routine and use code Sarah. 
This podcast episode is brought to you by Ritual, a vegan-friendly multivitamin delivered to your door that's formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms that your body can actually use. Many people aged 19 through 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet, and some are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrient gaps in the diets of women ages 18 and up. It is formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. Ritual also invested in a gold standard university-led clinical trial to prove the impact of Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. I like knowing all the steps behind my vitamins, and I love the ease. My multivitamins are delivered to my door every month with free shipping, and I can start, snooze, or cancel my subscription at any time. Right now, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash Sarah and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com slash Sarah. This podcast episode is brought to you in part by Pretty Litter. Having a cat is wonderful. The purring, the pets, the thing where they flop over and commence relaxation. The cat litter box, not my favorite part, especially because most cat litters can make a giant dusty mess. My cat and I deserve a litter that works for us, not against us. That's why I use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's crystal formula is lightweight, ultra-absorbent, and long-lasting, and it is virtually dust-free and minimizes mess. Here's the smartest part about Pretty Litter, though. The crystals change color to help detect early signs of potential illness in my cat, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And I learned this week that Elise uses Pretty Litter for her four cats. Pretty Litter works for me trapping odors, not clumping, and gives me peace of mind. That's why I love it. You and your cat will love it too. Go to prettylitter.com and use code TRASHY to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com, code TRASHY, to save 20%. prettylitter.com, code TRASHY. This episode is brought to you by Baiju's Future School. Baiju's Future School is the leading online learning platform revolutionizing education for millions of students worldwide. Baiju's Future School currently offers coding and music courses for grades 1 through 12 and math courses for grades 1 through 8. Baiju's math and music courses help build a foundation of knowledge and self-confidence. And with Baiju's coding course, and this was the course that I tried, it is really fun, students explore the fundamentals of coding through their favorite games like Roblox and Minecraft. They will have tons of fun while learning about the technology that makes the most modern games possible. Students receive personalized attention and a world-class learning experience completely online to supplement their in-person school education. Join the millions of parents accelerating their kids' learning today. Right now, Baiju's Future School is offering our listeners their first class free. Just go to baijus.com slash podcast to sign up for your first class absolutely free. That's B-Y-J-U-S dot com slash podcast. Are you ready for part two of The Invisible Goddess? Let's bring Melody back for the second half of this very fun non-corporeal conversation. So she collapses on her bed and she finally reads this poem from Apollo. And just like Poseidon's proposal is pretty sketchy in that he's like, I could, have a God, I could have a wife on the land. I could have a wife in the sea. What could possibly be wrong with that? Part of Apollo's poem is, I treasure your purity and long to feel the burn of your fire. Marry me, Hestia, and let us live and love for eternity. Mm-hmm. So I just want to bone the pure, the pure fire thing. That's, that's Apollo's thing. 
Oh yeah. No, it's it that is pristine and I would like to sully it, please. Yeah. This sounds <laughs> this sounds great. I would like to uh I would like to own all of your fire and take your purity because apparently that only happens once. <clears throat> and Hestia's yeah. like, what the hell is happening? Now she's got two marriage proposals, this primordial, non-corporeal elder god messing up in her business. Um, and then I love this part. She says what she would give to be plain old Hestia again, even as the thought crossed her mind, she knew it was a lie. She knew that wasn't true. Mm-hmm. Yep. She likes this bit of power she feels in herself. She yeah. likes she likes the little bit of attention. And I love the fact that she I don't remember her ever feeling guilty about that. Yeah. Like, no, she's definitely conflicted. Yeah, she doesn't I, know I never what got to do guilt from her. She doesn't feel guilty for the choices that she has and the opportunities that are presenting themselves because these things are, a lot of them are happening to her, but she's yeah. also recognizing her own response. And again, instead of thinking about anticipating needs or reacting, she's mm-hmm. also managing her own being like, oh, yep. arousal is a thing. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Whoa. What do I do with that? It's great. So she tries to go to sleep. That does not work. And she conjures a light in her hand and goes out to the garden. And again, there's Zeus sneaking through the garden. And he's like, what are you doing out here? And she's like, bro, I know. She's like, I don't know. Are you coming from or going to Io's room? Right. And then he goes, well, what's gotten into you? Where did you go? Everyone was looking for you. And she's like, everyone was looking for me. Really? Really? He goes, well, you know, mainly Poseidon and Apollo. (laughs) <laughs> and then she Zeus says they've both asked me for your hand in marriage and I had no idea you wanted to get married and Hestia's like uh I I I didn't I didn't before tonight I I don't know and she just wanders off to think and then there's Erebus thinking this is going exactly the way I wanted how right. could they have overlooked her she is as bright as I am dark and of course she's scared oh. of me and she flinches away why wouldn't she? I mm-hmm. am not a good match for her. Once I was welcome and I was worshipped because the world fears the darkness. So he has a little bit of non-corporeal pain. Yeah, there's a loneliness in him mm-hmm. because the world has forgotten about him and or just made him into this like bad darkness. Yeah, darkness used to be rest and quiet. Soothing. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Love it. I really like how that was reclaimed. It was really, really good. Okay. And Erebus also recognizes that she's the first one to see and recognize him. He's probably been around screwing with people for ages. But she's the one who's been like, Erebus, I know who you are. And he says, she saw me. She recognized Uh me. No one else has. Yeah. So then Hestia wakes up and there's a bunch of goddesses in her room sitting on her bed going, all right, well, you got to choose one. Here's who we think you should choose. Athena's like, you don't got to choose anybody. And Aphrodite, who does Aphrodite? Aphrodite wants wants her to choose Poseidon. She's Poseidon. Poseidon. And Hera wants her to choose Apollo because Hera thinks that if she chooses Poseidon, that she will become more powerful with Poseidon than Hera and Zeus. And And Zeus, yeah. So everybody has very not well hidden motivations for champion, yeah. championing one of these dudes. And this this like just keeps happening mm-hmm. as she she gets out of there because her her page comes in Katrina and she's yeah. like, hey, I, she's about to say like, can I bring you a tray? Because yeah. Katrina is also like justice for Katrina. 
Um, and she's like, <laughs> and instead she uses this opportunity to be like, OMG, is fire in kitchens? Must go. Oh, I have oh, to take care of problems. Yeah. <laughs> Katrina, um, without knowing it, becomes her safety phone call. Oh my gosh, I have to go. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's in the hospital. Oh no. And Athena underlines the thing that you pointed out earlier. Marry or don't marry, just be sure it's your choice. Like those yes. are the only options here. Yep. That's it. Yeah. It's either these two it. or nobody. It's very like, oh, someone's noticed you. But if you don't take this opportunity right now, you're on the shelf forever. So she actually leaves her room so fast that she's only like in her sheer nightgown kind yeah. of situation. She books it. Um, Too many goddesses so in she, my bedroom. I gotta go. I gotta go. And I don't blame her. Jesus. So she goes into this like, like spice pantry. I love and this it's very, scene. Oh, me too. And she sends Katrina to like go get her clothes. She go get me a dress, please. She's not going back to her room for anything. She will sooner walk around buck naked. Yep. Nope. Too many goddesses in my bedroom. I can't go back there. Mm-hmm. But guess what, everyone? Boy, not only is that spice pantry like soothing and calming, and she's like rubbing rosemary oil in her hair and stuff. I love that. But scene. it's very shadowy. <gasps> what? It's very shadowy. Oh. And so all of a sudden, like this, the shadow starts turning into a slinky man. Ooh. And I love a slinky man. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, Erebus is there. Yep. And at first, I think he starts like fucking with her, right? Yeah. He says, the Isn't archer like, and the earth shaker only needed a little encouragement. They already mm. desired you. And she's like, you did this? This is all your fault? Then yeah, he's, and he's, he's like, I just did a tiny whisper. I just no nudged them. They already had like half a boner for you. We just woke it all the way up. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> and now they're just walking around like like they've got like divining rods bet between their legs. And they're like, oh, it's stuck on Hestia. Boy, oh, yeah. Yang. Oh, yeah. And and he says to her, he says, so how does it feel to be out of the shadows? Yes. That's how he starts the whole conversation. Yes. Oh, my God. Because this is also him reclaiming what the shadows are. He yep. is narratively reframing that yep. over the arc of his, his character. Yep. Oh, it's so good. I love it. Okay. So much thought goes into making a story this layered and this compact. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. This, this doesn't just happen. Like, this takes so much work, and I admire that so much. Same. There is there is a word economy and a uh, just an efficiency. Yes, to that's the way... a precise word I was you would use. Yeah. Yes, it's so efficient, and yet and yet still lyrical and beautiful and emotionally impacting and all deliberate. The things you want. Yes, yes. All of these things are happening for specific reasons, and then when you sort of reflect on them and realize what they are, it's like, ooh, yeah, layers. Yeah. Uh huh. He's like, I'm here to help you, and she's like. This Bullshit, is not helping, first pal. Of all. Yeah, like <laughs> you're just turning my life into chaos. Yeah, thanks a lot. And then, okay, he does do a thing that drives me crazy <laughs> uh, and kind of creeps me out. I'm not going to lie. He does continue to refer to her as child, and I don't love it. Both to her face and in his inner monologue, one of the things he says is, yes, I know, you do not want my help, foolish child. You'd still be making beds, sleepwalking through your days without me. Um, and, and then it says, the darkness shifted and solidified into the shape of a man, allowing dim light to penetrate the room. 
fear, uh, featureless and made of shadow, Erebus lifted his hand and slipped his fingers beneath her chin. He ran his finger over her bottom lip, just as Apollo had the night before. Hestia swallowed and shivered. An inferno of lust bloomed in her core. Fire, she sucked fire, in breath, fire. And her eyes went wide. Erebus leaned his shadowed form close to her and skimmed a light kiss across her lips. And then he says, the why is simple, my flame. You must burn because some lights are too bright to be hidden. Yes. That's one of my ah. favorite elements, no pun intended, of romance. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The idea of being seen and being yes. appreciated and recognized exactly as you are. Yes. I, that's one of my favorite parts. Yeah. And gets Absolutely. It. And then Katrina like, bursts in and he's like, whoop, gotta go. And he slinks away in the yep. shadows. Yep. <laughs> and then I love this. She's like, you know what? He's probably a dirty old man. He's probably going to try to cop a peek in these shadows. And so she flames out and she fills the whole room with like blinding bright light so yep. that she can get naked and get dressed. Yep. <laughs> really cute yep no shadows she changes and she leaves her veil behind Ooh. yes oh boy oh boy and each chapter ends with Erebus sort of thinking about what's happening like he's very yeah. present and aware so much of the text stays with Hestia and her point of view but then mm -hmm. each chapter ends with a little bit of Erebus going oh interesting so you see his evolution from thinking of her as a helpless, meek child yeah. to, oh, wait, hold on. Maybe I have also perhaps underestimated mm -hmm. her. He thinks that this setup that he has created is the only option. She's going to choose and I shall go back to my corners and crevices, knowing that yeah. she will light the world revered as the goddess she is. I wonder if she will thank me. There's a line in here that I absolutely loved because he's really kicking himself. Oh, yeah. Like in this moment, he's like, Hestia is far too good for them. Yep. But now they've noticed her. Yep. Well, like, fuck now. Fuck. What did I do? <laughs> oh, noes, he's thinking. <laughs> so now everybody's paying attention to Hestia. When she walks in a room, everybody shuts the fuck up. And she walks into the great hall and everybody's like staring at her. And she's like, I hope everybody's loving their delicious meal that I made again, like I have for every day. Yeah. The past, you know, immortality that we've spent together and you haven't noticed me, Jesus. Yeah, right. <laughs> because it's there's a difference between wishing that people would acknowledge and thank you and walking into a room and having everyone stare at you. That's very vulnerable. Yes. Absolutely. That's very disempowering. Because mm -hmm. they're taking away her ability to feel not self-conscious. And so, so Zeus is like, hey, uh, you made your choice yet. Yeah. And, and Hera's like, hey, man, be cool. And he's like, Hera, stop defending her. You don't even care. Like, don't, don't play like that. And then Hestia's like, I'm standing right here. Don't talk about Zeus me like I'm not here. Yeah, Zeus is being like, well, Hera, I have to make sure that she knows the consequences of her actions. Mm -hmm. And burp, 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 burp. and she's like, I am literally right here. I have lived here for fucking ever. Right. And like, I understand some of the ramifications. Goodbye. Yeah. So she goes and she sits down with Dionysus and Hephaestus because they are her Friends. like ride or dies. Yeah. yeah. And she says, beside herself, Apollo and Poseidon, who cared who she wed beyond having a new piece of gossip to fight over like the kitchen dogs over a scrap of meat? Mm -hmm. She's like, I am not 
a piece of gossip. You're not going to spend all of the previous parts of my life boiling me down to service and then all the rest of the parts of my life boiling me down to gossip. Yeah. And which which dude am I going to choose? There's more to me than that. Yeah. Right. And so she's like, hey, uh, I know that y'all are actually my friends. And so what do you think might happen? You know, like if I were to choose one or the other, like just hypothetically. Right. Well, before that happens, Poseidon starts making moves on her. And she stands- Oh, that's right. This, I love this part because she stands up for herself. Poseidon's <gasps> like, hey, baby. And she, she, she teases him. She teases him about sounding like a poet. And he gets- Oh, and his, he hates it. And he gets his feelings hurt. And he's like, do not mock me. She goes, oh, I, I won't, I won't tell anyone that you have the heart of a poet. And she laughs at his fragile ego and <gasps> walks away. And then she says, she realized why the court spent so much time sparring with each other, putting a pinprick in Poseidon's monumental ego, filled her with a head rush of power, but she wasn't sure she liked it. I don't know if I, I'm riding a high right now, but I might be flying too close to the sun. Yep. <laughs> she doesn't like it. Right. Then she sits with Dionysus and Hephaestus, and they're like, "Uh, girl, do you understand what's happening here? Yeah. Do you understand? Can we just like do a quick friend check in? Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, honestly, not really, but I'm also kind of flying by the seat of my pants. Yeah. And so he's like, hey, so we're watching it happen, right? Right. Like Hera is for Apollo. Aphrodite is for Poseidon. The whole heavenly court or whatever is going to choose a side. And like, that's who they're going to back in the war. And she's like, I'm sorry. What? The war? The that what now? like capital T, capital W, the war, as if it's inevitable. Right. And he's like, yeah, if you choose one of them or the other, it's war. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, wait a second. This is no. completely the opposite of all the things that I would like to have in my household. Tranquility, yeah. peace, comfort. That is not contained in war. What are you talking about? Yeah. And also, this is bullshit because everybody else can bed hop like motherfuckers and nobody like looks twice. Right. I'm going to cause a war. Nonsense. And I love Hephaestus because he's like, hey, Dionysus, like, cool it. Yeah. She needs to be able to make a a decision like on her own from her heart. You know, he's just like the sweetest, purest, bestest. And Dionysus is like, listen, I would but you know that it's going to spill over into the mortal realm. Yep. Like this will not just stay nope. on Olympus. And nope. she's like, extra fuck. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> so Amanda loves stories where the world will end if we don't bone or the world yes. will end if we do bone. If we do bone. <laughs> and this is the world will be destroyed if you pick one of these two guys and go to bone yep. town. Yeah. No matter what you choose, it will end badly for the things you value most, which if, yes. come on, if that's not a horrible metaphor for the application of virginity, <laughs> yeah, everything you value will end and be destroyed if you go to Bone Town. Indeed. Really? Indeed. I can't just that have an is... orgasm and, and, and enjoy it and then get up and make breakfast? Like that's not an option? Ah, nope. Purity culture at its finest. Yep. And <laughs> if she chooses one of them, there will be war. Both of them are coming from a really good place. Yeah, they're not on one or the other team. They're on Team Hestia, but they right. weren't hurt because they also know that this is going to affect their lives too. Of course. Yep. Yeah. So she's like, all right, time to go see Themis. Themis is the goddess of justice and wisdom. And, and she's uh, a titan. She's like, I'm going to go live in a fucking cottage where none of you are going to screech in my ear all the time and everybody needs to leave me alone. Poor Hestia shows up at her door and she basically gets like an open door, no, and then like closed door again. Yes. 
Themis is like, yeah, I'm not interested in whatever bullshit you have brought to my door. Please go away. Yeah. And and Hestia's like, no, no, just wait a second. And this is one of my favorite parts. She says, I don't want to get like embroiled in court politics or whatever. Wisdom concerns itself with the mind, not the heart. And Hestia goes, that's exactly why I need your help. I can't sort out my head from my heart, please. I need someone who doesn't have their own interests to advance. As you said, you care nothing for court intrigues. That makes you the perfect person to help me. And then Themis, it says, Themis pursed her lips. You've made a logical case. Yep. Come in, Hestia. <laughs> She's so mad about it. <laughs> oh. So Hestia gives her a quick sum up of what's happening. And the minute she mentions Erebus, Themis is like, I'm sorry, who, what now? The mm-hmm. Erebus is involved in this? He's come out of the deep and he's involving himself in your life? Weird sauce. Oh, Weird. So, she, so Themis knew that somebody had started all of this conflict, but she didn't realize that it was Erebus. And the fact that it's Erebus means something very big is happening. Mm. Yeah. And one of the reasons that she was going to just like kick Hestia out on her ass is be, is that since she didn't know who was instigating all of this, she thought that Hestia had just like succumbed to her stupidness and was like, I want attention now. Here are my boobs. And the fact that she <laughs> didn't do that, <laughs> Themis is like, oh, there are machinations that are oh, that need to be looked at. Yeah. We need to consider all of the uh, factors at play here. Right. So she does like a water scry and she looks off into the distance for like an hour until Hestia can't handle it anymore. And she's like, so is your is your whole thing like you're just going to shut the fuck up until right. like give up and leave? Yeah. Like what's happening right now? And Themis is like, Ooh, I don't know. I've been chatting with my daughters, the fates, and like, I can't see the future. But they're telling me that like, if you choose one of them, it is war. Yeah. However. However. Because Hestia's like, so I can't get a D at all. Yeah. Like for my whole life, there will be no orgasms involving another person. And she's like, okay, listen, we've got a compromise for you. The fates and I, Mm -hmm. we're going to give you one night. Yeah. Throw yourself a masquerade ball. Use a consort for that one night. Yeah. And then after that, be like, never again, everyone. Yep. And Hestia's like, I guess like, that's, that's not the worst thing ever. (laughs) Also, the last thing that Themis says to her yes. is, um, is you have to choose one. Your choice should be the one who begins where you end. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I highlighted that too. It's mm. a riddle, everyone. It's a riddle. <laughs> I think it might be a foreshadow. Oh. Oh. oh indeed. A shadow of foretelling. <laughs> Very... <laughs> So she starts throwing this party and she works her face off and she, everybody's like showing up. There's a pack of satyrs that show up and they're like the, the lead satyr comes swaggering up and she's like, somebody go get Dionysus because they're going to turn this thing into just like a, a, Big, just like an orgy. Big if we old don't fuck fest. Yep. Yeah. Like I won't be able to choose anyone because everybody will choose everybody else. Yep. So the satyr comes up and they just like ooze these charm pheromones. And so Hestia doesn't realize it. She realizes that like, she's like kind of an emotional puddle. But then when Dionysus comes and is like, cut it out, do not influence her. She realizes that she's like plastered to the chest of this satyr. Dionysus is like, get out. You got to go. You're too mischievous. 
And she says, well, 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 wait. I said that everyone was welcome. And I meant that because I know what it's like to be left out. She handles the conflict in a way that stays true to herself, which is sort of the first clue that that's how she's going to approach the rest of her problems. She has to figure out a way that's true to her and not what someone else wants. Right. And then Um, at the end of that chapter, it says, one more crisis solved. And then Aphrodite is calling for her and Hestia turns to face her next challenge. Now she's in her room. It's about time to like get ready. And Zeus comes in to be like, I want the inside scoop and I won't take no for an answer. Yeah. She can't really say no to him. She wants to, but she... She says... I will only do that if you give me what I want. Yes. And he says, all right, that sounds ominous. Like, what is it? She bargains, I'll tell you if you give me what I want. Because in this moment, listener, she gets all of the tributes that happen from the mortals, right? Yeah. But Olympus also does hearth tributes. Yeah. Except that all of those fucking hearth tributes go to Zeus and not Hestia right now. Yeah. And so she literally looks at him and is like, there is a wage gap here that is not okay. Mm -hmm. You will pay me what I am owed. And that includes the Olympus hearth tributes. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's a lot. And she's like, yeah. And you have been earning it for all the work I do. Do I not work hard enough for you? Do I not keep this house immaculately run for you? And he's like, all right, I guess I can pay you what you deserve. It's nonsense. And he says, well, this is not a small thing. What are you planning to do with this additional power? I didn't think you were power hungry like everyone else. And he tries to gaslight and guilt her. Yeah. He looks like so disappointed. So disappointed in you for wanting power, which is something that I covet and acquire constantly. How how dare you? I'm so disappointed. I had a boss do this to me once. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I asked for um, I asked for a raise. Oh, how dare you? I no, Really? He was like, Wow. Melody, wow, I was not expecting this coming from you. Oh, fuck off. Oh, wow. And I was just like, what? Like, now I definitely need the raise or I am walking. Yeah. It was was a suggestion before. Now it's a mandatory. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And and the, the fact that that person and Zeus think that they can make you feel guilty for asking for appropriate compensation for your work? Mm-hmm. I do not think so. I was also the only woman who worked in the office. Oh my God, fuck that guy. Right? Ugh. <laughs> and isn't that always okay. the case that women's work and things that are assigned as women's work are deeply undervalued and are never adequately compensated? Oh, completely. He literally said, I wouldn't expect this from you. He would expect any man to ask for a raise and that would make sense. But not me. How dare you uh-huh. ask for power? And she's like, yeah. uh, I don't have to, I don't have any plans, but I, I have earned this. This is what right. I have earned. And then she starts, she starts to light herself on fire. Oh. Her flames show up because she's, she's getting mad. Getting and mad. Zeus puts his hand up. He's like, okay, okay, okay. You've made a point. You, you don't have to set me on fire. It's, right. It's fine. All right. Now you, I, I will give you the have... hearth offerings of Olympus. Now tell me your plan. Yeah, yeah, and she's like, it's one night, and then I'm telling everybody to fuck off forever. Mm. And he's like, whoa, Curveball did not see that coming. That's a good cool. plan. Yeah, like it. Really like it a lot. 
And she's like, but you cannot tell a single person. And this then is very important. A raven is on the window and takes off squawking and a feather lands on the floor. And mm. she's like, huh, okay, well, got to get ready for my party. So it's time for the party. Can we talk about her dress for no less than eight minutes? Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. She, okay, listen, uh, this, I love a good outfit. This device did so much work. Yes. It's like even this. So it says that a really long time ago, um, she felt bad for Arachne after um, Athena turned her into a, a spider. And so she gave her a, like a closet to live in, in Olympus. Yeah. And she took pity on her and she was like, yeah, I didn't want anything from her. But then I just went and I was like, Hey, can you help me make a dress for this party? I need something special. And all the things I have are like dowdy. Yeah. And so Arachne (sighs) made this dress. That's like, it like light as air and it floats into the shadows and it's just like, she used shadow and moonlight with her spider silk. To create a fabric that was lighter than air, her dress is made of shadows. So not only is the dress she chose yes. made of darkness and shadows and moonlight and all the all the business, but she got it because of goodness that she did for nothing. Yeah. For giving someone a safe home. Yes. Yes. She yes. gave Arachne a broom closet to be safe in because she'd been turned into a spider and there was no one doing that. And who the hell knew why Athena did that? But yeah, she made her a safe home. Yep. And she wanted nothing for it. That's just what she does because it's right. Yep. So she starts slinking into the shadows so that she can watch everyone and mm-hmm. like choose her consort. Yes. And but she's then... like, this is going to be really hard. She's like, oh, fuck, this is going to be hard. Yeah. Um, but then she gets a little tippy tap on her shoulder and she turns around and very clearly Apollo is standing there in a raven feather mask. Yeah, he's not really, black, he's not so, really hiding himself now. Really not. He starts hitting on her hard and it's working. Okay. Because she, she, she has nerve endings and a brain with firing neurons, you know? And so he's like, he like gets her back out onto the balcony Yep, we and never finished our dance. And he's got yeah. raven feathers on his mask. Yeah. Like, it's very clear what has happened here. Oh, yeah. And not to her yet, though. No. It's really she, funny. No. And so he's doing a rub up on her, and he's like, oh, Hestia, you're so fiery and hot and pure and stuff. And even if it's just for one night, I can be content with that as long as I have you. Record and she's stretch. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? what? How do you know that? Only Zeus knew that. And then she's like, God damn it. That's what the raven was doing. Yep. Eavesdropping for Apollo. Yep. And it wasn't, he says, it wasn't <sighs> fair to keep us waiting. And, you know, one night is better than nothing. Uh, you know, I'll, uh, I'll be really good for that one night. No there problem. is no skin off Apollo's nose no. about this. He doesn't, he doesn't care. give a fuck. No, he's like, oh, he's one night's like, fine. But that's fine. Now the stakes are you're not allowed to not choose me. Yes. You are not allowed to not choose me because I cannot handle that blow to my ego. But hey, you pick me. It's one night. No big deal. The stakes are pretty low for me. Otherwise, yeah, I'll just give you a real good night. And Poseidon is like, the fuck you say? Yeah. But then stomp, stomp, stomp. Poseidon's here now. Yep. And he's like, what are you talking about one night? 
and and Apollo just like spills everything. Yeah, to he's him. like, yeah, the God, no pun just intended. One night. We don't got to marry her. We just got a boner for one night. You know, right? And and he's like, well, it's not going to be by come hell or high water. Not, it's not picking be you. you. God nope. damn it! Nope. And so they start. Apollo or Poseidon's trident materializes out of nothing, and then Apollo takes off his black cloak, and that turns into his bow and quiver. Yeah, and then like. A bunch of a bunch of dudes assemble behind behind them, and it's sharks in the jets now. Yeah, everybody. and the gods and goddesses start moving across the ballroom to the side that they are backing, and mm-hmm. everyone draws sto- swords, and everybody's snapping. Yep, and they're gonna do a dance, <laughs> and it's a shark in a jet, and <laughs> they're making it happen. <laughs> yep, it's very well choreographed. <laughs> and so. Hestia finally, because they're hurling insults back and forth. They're doing all the things. Yep. Hestia is done. Yes. And so she fireballs out. Yes. Until she's literally levitating off of the ground. Yes. And she says, neither of you deserve me as she hurls fireballs at them. Yes. I am not a scrap to be fought over. None of you are worthy of me. And she cracks the marble of the floor. And she's so mad because now she realizes she has no choice. Neither of them are worthy of her and she is not going to get to go to Bone Town. And I loved, I loved this moment because she's like this fireball of rage. Yeah. And then the moment, like she says it out loud and then the moment it clicks for her, Mm -hmm. She just gets like almost literally doused in disappointment. Like her flames fizzle out and she hits the ground and she's like, there's just this desolation in that split second where she's like, you even took this from me. Yeah. You even took away this choice that I thought I had because it's really all about you. Yeah. The one. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. I was very excited because I did think she was buck naked at this point. (laughs) I was like, surely, surely. Burnt off that spider gown. Yeah. She hasn't, though, yet. Not quite yet. Mm-mm. Not quite yet. So she goes on a stomp. She's got to go on an emotion walk again. She has <laughs> another a little emotion stomp. And this we get because all of all of Erebus's passages are in, in italics. Yes. If the way that his passage starts is something like, yeah, I thought I was going to stay away. I thought I'd be able to stay away. Nope. He was there. He saw the whole but thing. Yep. Yeah. And just as I thought, no one is worthy of her. They are being selfish. I should destroy them all for how I insulted she is. But she needs me. She, she awakened me just as I awakened her. I have that highlighted too. <laughs> He's like, Hestia. He, she just hears this voice in the darkness. He's like, Hestia, mm-hmm. come to me. And at first, she's thinking to herself, God damn it. Stop kicking me while I'm down. Like, yep. don't just come here to make fun of me and my my torment. Yeah, you come know? on, come tell me you were right. Come and tell me I told you so. I get it. Yeah. And he says, yeah. the shadow cannot exist without light. And she says, the flame creates the shadow. He says, come mm-hmm. to me, goddess of fire, goddess, goddess of kindness, goddess of good. Come to me and burn. And burn. Oh. How dare you, AC Dawn? I'm very impressed. <laughs> Come um, to me and hmm. burn. So she runs uh, right off the edge of that cliff, deep into the crevice, and becomes flame, completely transforms into fire, 
burning incandescent as she fills the void and Erebus rises to meet her and surrounds her with vastness and cradles her as she rages. <gasps> oh my God. And it says he took her anger with a kiss of shadow and quelled it. He absorbed her fury and returned gentle calm. He is giving she- her all of the things that she values. And all of the things she needs yes. because she cares for everyone else and nobody cares for her. Yes. And oh the my shadow becomes rest. The <sighs> shadow gives her calm and understanding and just accepts her fury. And he stood stalwart, strong <sighs> and silent until she burned herself out. Then with infinite tenderness, he rocked her. So <sighs> she's hanging in this void with him. Weightless and bodiless in his infinite presence, he says. Yep. Oh, my God. And it says, without words, in a language older than speech, she apologized. Yes. My love, forgive my ignorance and my sharp words. I see you now for what you are, and I will never forget. Yes. And he says, Hestia, fire of my soul and bringer of light, you helped me remember. Hidden away, I became the dark that people fear. I had lost my true self. Thank you for helping me remember. I'm like really trying not to cry right now. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. (laughs) And in the abyss, the shadow and the fire danced (sighs) in slow harmony. Oh, my God. Then the epilogue is her walk of shame. And I loved it. (laughs) This is the best part. She walks back to the garden. In oh, the dawn. No, not a care in the fucking yeah. world she's as like, she's yeah. walking back. Yeah, she's good. And Hephaestus <laughs> and Dionysus are in the garden waiting. Like, where have you been? We waited and waited and waited for you. And Hephaestus puts a blanket over her and she looks down at the remnants of her gown. And Melody, there isn't much left of this gown. Because she's burned through it. She burned okay. a lot through it. And she was, you know, <laughs> burning in the void with the, you know, <sighs> sexy god dance. Oh, my God. And she says, I was with my consort. Yeah, they're like, what slash har har? That's a joke. That's impossible. You had two choices and you said neither were worthy. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm so, mis- I'm a big mystery. Goodbye. Yep. She and says, she's like, I, I have a meal the- to get ready. Yep. I was with the. <laughs> (laughs) one who completes me. I need to see about the meal. Thank you for being my friends. Everyone to this day thinks that Hestia was the virginal puritanical (laughs) goddess. Little did they know the darkness and the shadows visited her every night. Yes. No one knew that night after night, the shadow of darkness joined her caressing, cuddling, and caring for her. The invisible goddess, the (sighs) one who cared for everyone else. She's got a secret non-corporeal god bone. Whoop, he can whoop. be as big as he wants. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and no one knows. She yeah. has this glorious, glorious nighttime companion who understands her and sees her and fulfills her. And nobody knows. Mm. They think, oh, yeah, she's, you know, eternally pure. She's eternally she's a maiden. She's content. Yeah, she's content to care for the home. And wow. she's like, yeah, nighttime, I'm going to Shadow Bone Town, y'all. None That's of y'all right. know about it. That's right. When I opened this up on my desktop uh, Kindle app, I had a little little pop-up window that said, 
New feature, make flashcards. Study and master <gasps> the important concept from this book in no time. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. I, I don't usually do romance novel homework, but okay. So then I asked myself, all right, what are the important concepts from this book? And I wrote down, you can't pour from an empty cup. Yes. And creating and managing a welcoming home is real work that is often invisible, but does deserve and should have compensation. Yes. Yes. And yes. I am so down with both of those major flashcards from this book. <laughs> oh, it's wow, so true. Sarah, what a great choice. I'm really, really glad because I this was not on my radar. I don't think I would have found it, at least not, you know, today. <laughs> I was so excited. I don't know how I ended up finding this inside the the churning miasma that is KU. Yeah. <laughs> every time you look at it, it's something different. I am so excited that I read this. And I'm so excited we get to talk about it. It puts in the texts things that are very fulfilling when you realize that the book is making me feel seen. The book is saying, right. yes, you're right. This is work. This is labor. It should be compensated. It's right. not. It is invisible, but it has value. Right. And I mean, when you are the person who makes the things happen behind the scenes, and that's a role I occupy in a lot of ways throughout my life, because mm. I was, you know, I was administrative assistant, I was a mom, I, you know, I manage a house. I value that work. I really value being able to make a home. So I grew up in a hoard house. One of my parents is a hoarder. Started when I was about ten. Me too. No way. Me too. And I. Found, I was going through a binder of all of these things that I'd clipped out in college, all these things about home and stuff. And I just stuck them in a binder. So about six months ago, I was clearing out the binder because I had been putting all my recipes in there and I found all of these clippings. And I looked at them and past Sarah, who was probably, I don't know, 20, 21, had saved so many clippings about how to have a welcoming home. Every single article, when I piled them all up and went through them, was how to host people, how to have a welcoming home, how to have a clean and beautiful environment, wow. how to have a stress-free home. And I was like, oh, past me clearly had some priorities we hadn't really outlined. But yeah. that was really important to me. And it's still important to me, especially when the quarantines, when we were all in the house. Like, what do I need to do to make our home tranquil and safe? Because everything mm -hmm. outside of our home is not tranquil and is yes. not safe. And yes. to have this book say, yes, these are important. It's so important that the most powerful goddess of the Pantheon is in charge of this. <sighs> oh, oh, I feel so seen. Thank you for having me on. Oh, are you kidding? I adore you. Oh, it's, oh. it's so fun. And I can't wait to do another one because I know what we're going to do and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be the more usual stuff. Yes. <laughs> Super bonky, bonky bone town. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much. I cannot tell you how much I love this. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you again to Melody for hanging out with me to talk about The Invisible Goddess. I will have links to this book and goddesses in every woman in the show notes at smartpitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Lumino. I love my smile. What I do not love is all of the toxic ingredients that are in many dental care products. I want the best for my overall health and my oral health products made with natural ingredients that can, you know, help my smile and not harm it, which is why I found Lumino. Lumino makes toothpaste, mouthwash, and whitening products that actually help your oral health instead of hurting it. They use purposeful and uncompromising ingredients like sea salt, aloe, and coconut oils to clean and brighten your smile. 
Plus, everything they make is certified non-toxic. My favorite product is the toothpaste, as it leaves my mouth feeling extremely fresh and clean, and I can't wait to try the whitening strips. I love how my smile feels and looks, and I know you'll love Lumino as much as I do too. Get 15% off your order today by going to luminohealth.com slash trashybooks. That's L-U-M-I-N-E-U-X-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash trashybooks to save 15%. Luminohealth.com slash trashybooks. It is time. It is time for the bad joke. I love this part. Are you ready? All right, get ready to tell all your friends this terrible, terrible joke. What do you call a woman who is really good at darts? Give up? What do you call a woman who's really good at darts? Amy. <laughs> so bad. So Somebody on a recording I was doing was like, does anyone know any dad jokes? And I felt like I had just been living my whole life for that one moment. And then, of course, they all rushed to the front of my brain and made no sense. This is my latest favorite. Thank you to Cinema King on Reddit, <laughs> Amy. Thank you to Cinema King on Reddit for this one. And on behalf of everyone here, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. We'll see you back here next week. Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.